Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, here to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. Guess what, Cryptoheads? Bitcoin is at an all-time high. Make sure you give a big like and subscribe to the channel. With that said, check us out in Discord and YouTube. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Kryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, here to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. With that said, we already have CoinGecko's uh, up and ready. Jake, if you don't mind, start us off with the top 10 daily stats. Alrighty. At the top, Bitcoin surging ahead 15% in the last seven days. It's taken to all time. I think we all know why. Number one place is because of those future ETFs. Uh, anyways, Bitcoin's at $65,824.97 as of right now. It was much higher than that a couple hours ago, but we're not disappointed. Uh, as I said, 15% uh, up in the last seven days at a market cap of $1.24 trillion. Woohoo! Go Bitcoin. Uh, we're on the way. We're on the way. Anyways, Ethereum in second place, catching up with its almost all-time high, very close now, at a price of 423398 17.4% seven-day gain. Wow. At almost half a trillion dollars at $494.3 billion. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you can see it's going up, up, and away. Finance Coin in third place at 50394, a 7.3% seven-day gain and 84.5 billion dollar value. Holy crow! Cardano in fourth place at two dollars and twenty-five cents. Not its all-time high, but definitely coming back up from that really long fall over the last week. 2.6% in the last seven days, 71.6 billion dollar market cap. And not very far behind with Tether in fifth place. Of course, it's a stable coin, so it doesn't move much. Although, if you're looking at this this uh, chart, you probably see there's a spike about, about an hour ago. Um, it's market cap just shy of $70 billion. Solana has moved up a place from seventh to sixth, kicking out Ripple. Oh, my gosh, Ripple has been mm-hmm. kicked out. Yep. Solana is in sixth place, $185.64, a 25.1%, the top That's gain insane. of the top 10. It is really doing well, and you can see it here in the far right-hand side. In the last seven days, it has gained more than anybody except probably the difference for Cardano since Cardano fell a long ways. But anyways, $55.8 billion market cap right now, and poor XRP Ripple has fallen to seventh place, $1.16 at the current price, 2.6% gain. Pretty sad, honestly, about the same as Cardano. Neither one of these coins is doing that great. Its market cap is currently $54.1 billion. not that far behind the Solana, but Solana is still winning. And Polkadot's in eighth place at 8.1% gain in the last seven days and a $47.1 billion market cap. Dogecoin, weirdly enough, is in ninth place, up quite a bit following its, its big partner, uh, Bitcoin, as it almost always does. 25.6 cents is current value, 10% double-digit gains. Uh, seven days and a 33.5 billion dollar market cap and then right behind that of course because it kicked usd coin out of out of 10th ninth place 
Uh, USD coins currently at uh, a flat price, of course, but 32.4 billion dollar market cap. And and I'm going to make mention that Terra Litecoin, as I said, in the top five after the top 10, the top 15, 11 through 15 here, Wrap Bitcoin and Shiba Inu. Uh, as well as Uniswap are all doing, are all kind of switching places with each other, but they are gaining more. When we first saw these these top other five, they were kind of like 11 billion, 12 billion. Now they're up to around Terra's at 17 billion. It's it's definitely making a reach for USD coin. Still got a ways to go, but it's making the reach. And you can see if you're looking on YouTube, it is soaring, just like Solana because it's tied to Solana. That's crazy. So man. it's the same thing for Avalanche. Avalanche is also tied to Solana and. Uh, and Terra, so it's also reaching for the stars. Anyways, I'm not going to go into it. There's plenty of coins doing very well. Uh, one of my favorites is, is three, up 300% today, or in the last seven weeks, uh, seven days, rather. Not going there. Anyways, let me get back to the, uh, the updates here. Uh, I appreciate... Oh, wait, nope. Not going to do that part yet. Uh, the total market cap, $3.762 trillion, up 5%. And if you haven't already, please collect your candies. I have collected all mine for this week. How about you, John? Uh, right. Now I got 60. There it is. There we go. It is the last bit. So one more hundred to go before you can collect your last. I guess we're off by one day. I, I collected my, my hundred today, and you, you're you going to get yours tomorrow. And rewards? So, uh, yep. Check your rewards if you want to get there's There it wasn't. It's another NFT available, isn't there? Well, there's this one here for 300 candies. CoinGecko X APY. It's just a giveaway, though. Is that the giveaway, um, the theme giveaway? No. There's, oh, that's a giveaway. Yeah, that's a giveaway. Um, but there was... Uh, but there was another... Where's that other one at? Is it already done? It's probably done already, huh? One we did earlier? Yeah, it yeah. may already be done. Yeah. Okay. yeah. There's lots of uh, discount deals, but there's there's not a whole lot of NFTs being given away. So if you want to get an NFT, you got to get in there quick and get your NFTs. So. Click on it, go through the process, get your reward... That last one was like two grand, wasn't it? Twenty one hundred, I think it was. I don't remember. I can check. The one we got two weeks ago. Yeah. All right. Well, in any case, uh, if you appreciate our content, please like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, hit the notification bell. We post every Wednesday and Sunday. Today is Wednesday. Check us out on Discord. You can get a link in the description to join us on Discord and have a lot of fun. We have lots of of different sections of crypto that we talk about. And if you would like to support the platform, please donate via Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, or Basic Attention Token, which is the token of creators. Check everything in the link below. That's 1,500 candies. Yep, thank you. All right, let's move on to the news. First news of the day, written by Jason Nelson. Andrew Yang and Bankless Dow release NFT to support Forward Party. Former President and New York Mayor, Mayoral candidate Andrew Yang is moving forward with his new forward party to help fund his third party, which seeks to reform the dysfunctional duopoly in the U.S. political system. He's revealed an NFT collaboration with decentralized project Bankless. Yang, appearing on October 18th edition of the Bankless podcast, told host Ryan Adams and David Hoffman that he wants to make the forward party the crypto party, because he feels the two are strongly aligned. Quote, I want to make the case to legislators, Yang said, that crypto communities are a force for progress and innovation and a massive provider of jobs. Yang went on to say that he wants to help the political system, which he sees as failing and flailing 
upgrade and mo uh, modernize itself to memorial mem memorialize the occasion the team at Bankless chose the most crypto of, of methods. We thought that this was big enough to deal uh, a big enough deal to do some sort of historical uh, commemoration. Bankless co-founder David Hoffman told Decrypt, and what else would that be other than NFT? Hoffman said that Bankless reached out to artist Crypto0x wife who has worked on illustrations of Bankless memes in the past and asked if she'd be interested in joining the project. Hoffman added that there's a lot of alignment between Yang's vision for the world and what crypto has to offer and that many of his policies would thrive under a crypto paradigm. Andrew understands the crypto much deeper than the typical politician and understands that a lot of value and jobs are going to be created here, said Hoffman. The man is pro-innovation and what industry has more innovation in it than crypto. Well, that's a pretty cool picture. It is. <laughs> Yang said on Twitter today that all proceeds from the sale of the NFT called Forward would be donated to the Forward Party. Yang said he launched the Forward Party as an alternative to the current American political left versus right duopoly that has taken over. I also have a hope for a positive political movement that is not born of rage and demonization. Yeah, demonization. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Yang wrote on the Forward Party website, but an optimism and solution. <clears throat> the Forward NFT is minted on Ethereum and listed on the Zora NFT marketplace. Bidding ends tomorrow, October 21st, according to the listings and current highest bid is 1.5 ETH or six. Thousand one hundred forty dollars and fifty six cents at the time of writing this article. Okay, cool. Yep. New party. There Very it cool. I'm glad. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't know if I would join the party per se, although I definitely say that my thoughts align with the ideals they're going for. So. What's What's interesting about Andrew Yang is that he's actually been a crypto advocate for a long time, and not only that, he's been politically involved um, in New York for for many years, and he's been really pushing that. Uh, uh, that vision in New York, because you know, obviously, New York's very uh, strict with their with their crypto uh, laws and regulations. And Andrew Yang's been the uh, been the activist out there when it comes to politicians. So um, I, I definitely support the guy for what he's trying to do for for crypto out there in, in New York. Yep, same. Very impressed. Go Yang. Yep. Next. Moving on. Flow blockchain now controlled by community says Dapper Labs. This is an article by Andrew Hayward. Dapper Labs Flow Blockchain is one of the most prominent networks on the rising NFT market, powering NBA Top Shot or to more than $750 million of secondary trading volume to date. As the firm expands into new NFT projects and other directions, it has also been working to further decentralize the Flow network. Now, a Dapper representative tells Decrypt that the Flow is fully open and controlled by the community, with the firm running less than one-third of the active consensus nodes that maintain the proof-of-stake network. The company claims that 68% of the nodes are now operated by external flow validators. A proof-of-state network, if you guys didn't already know, like flow, operates differently from the proof-of-work, that is miners, a pro uh, approach bot used by Bitcoin and Ethereum. Rather than use energy-intensive mining, not like that's a bad thing, model, Flow relies on validators who have staked a significant chunk of Flow tokens and then earn rewards for processing transactions. 
Decentralization is critical to the security of blockchain networks, which are typically distributed across thousands of computers around the world. If a single entity controls the majority of mining, power, or validator nodes, then it could be possible to alter transactions and double-spend coins, for example. This is the reason that Dynamo is awesome. Uh, we'll get to that later. Dapper Labs, who uses, whose future success as a company appears closely intertwined with that of Flow, now operates 32% of Flow's current nodes. That might not be a good thing. We've reduced the number of consensus nodes that Dapper Labs is running to less than a third. 32%, right? Flow, man uh, Flow project manager Lane LaFrance told Decrypt, that's enabling a lot more participation in the network for community members, and it's also a really important security metric to showcase that the network is run by the community, not by us. Dapper created Flow after its first NFT project, CryptoKitties, nearly crashed the Ethereum blockchain in 2017 due to overwhelming demand. The Vancouver-based firm didn't believe that Ethereum could handle its future ambitions for crypto collectibles, uh, so it developed a bespoke proof-of-stake network that could handle more transactions at lower costs. Whether Flow truly is decentralized is a question that has hovered around Dapper since NBA Top Shot launched last fall, and especially since it exploded in demand earlier this year. LaFont said that amidst the process of progressive decentralization, the growth, is valid growth in validators has become both or organically and come both organically and via Dapper's own efforts to increase distribution of the network. Flow has been arch architected to be a completely permissionless, completely decentralized public blockchain, she explained. The bootstrapping process, though when code is early in its development, security is always something that you're testing. It's been part of the security hardening process to add in more folks into the community. Unique among blockchain networks, Flow splits its proof-of-stake model into four different roles for validators who can operate, collect, execute, verify, or consensus nodes. That opens up more opportunities for community participation without diminishing security or performance as a result. There's a tweet talking about this. I'm not going to go into the full of this. this is a fairly long article, but the, the end game is here that Dapper Labs is trying to distance itself from its own generated idea of the flow blockchain on Ethereum so that it can do what what the end goal of uh, not just blockchain itself, but the decentralization and giving the power to the people instead of giving the power to a centralization. Because we already know what, what centralization can, can do. It can destroy mm. and allow pe people's money and time to be squandered by one jerk. I'm not going to use a more foul word, but basically a hacker who is not just, you know, I mean, sometimes hackers are good, sometimes they're bad, but the point is to get uh, get away from centralization so as it doesn't corrupt intent of this ideal. So well, I appreciate that, that uh, they're doing this. I kind of wanted to go on a side tangent with that uh, hackers are good and sometimes hackers are bad. I mean, I think in all, when you look at the wider scope, all hackers, regardless of the of the acts that they're doing, whether criminal or for the benefit of securing the network, um, their actions are just going to make those developers even better at coding. So I think overall, regardless of what they do, is better for the ecosystem of crypto. Does that make sense? 
Um, I would say that I'm not going to cop to anything I've done, but the <laughs> the ideal of white hat hacking is good. Black hat hacking is not good, and I, I get that people are curious, and I'm I'm personally fine with that. You should explore. You should test. And 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 yes, white hat hacking can certainly help, but black hat ha hacking is isn't helpful. Yes, I understand they got into it with the the idea. Oh, I can exploit this. Great. You should just bring it up and tell the people you found a problem. Don't just steal their money. And I, I get it that sometimes you need to steal the money, or at least you think you need to steal the money in order to make a point. It will just get you in more trouble. Don't do it. Do yeah. it to the degree that it exposes the problem, reveal the problem, and then, you know. But, I mean, the other possibility is you could just not do anything and let it crash. Now, if you believe in it, you're probably going to be a white hat. If you don't, you're just going to steal something. I I can't stop people from doing what they're doing. I can probably, I can try to discourage people, but yes, it would improve the potential strength of the network if people revealed these ideas and, and stuck with, with the good reason for hacking. So. Yeah. All right. Next news written by Jeff Benson. Jack Dorsey nearly predicted which Bitcoin block would include all-time high because he bought all the Bitcoins. Jack Dorsey, part-time Twitter CEO and full-time Bitcoin maximalist, cryptically tweeted yesterday 705742. Was it the salary of his uh, mediation guru, the number of hairs in his ever-expanding beard, perhaps it was a butt tweet. But when Dorsey responded earlier this morning to his own tweet by commenting off by 117, it became clearer-ish that the Twitter honcho was probably referring to Bitcoin block numbers. More specifically, Dorsey was predicting which block would include the new all-time high. The actual block, according to Dorsey, and half of crypto Twitter would be 705,859. The all-time high price of Bitcoin is now $67,276.79. How much of that is just inflation because the U.S. dollar is overinflated? <laughs> yeah, exactly. One Bitcoin still worth one Bitcoin. Uh, according to CoinGecko, as of last night, the uh, the record from April 14th of this year still stood $64,804.72. New blocks are added to Bitcoin about every 10 minutes, meaning Dorsey's apparent prediction missed by 1,170 minutes or 19.5 hours. The actual time between blocks ended up being a few hours shorter thanks to a high hash rate. He thought all this would happen yesterday right after he first tweeted. In other words... Hopes for a record price were indeed high yesterday as BTC lurked just beneath the $65,000 mark. By the way, I guess you can say I predicted that too because that's on my tweet as well, right? Come on, Decrypt. Why don't, why don't you give me some, give me the spotlight as well. Yeah. If the first Bitcoin futures exchange traded fund from ProShares became available yesterday and registered nearly, nearly $1 billion in trades from traditional investors hungry for exposure to the asset. Of course, when the actual transition to a new all-time uh, to a new high occurred depends on the source of the truth one uses. CoinGecko, CoinMarketCap, Masari, Nomix, and others all have slightly different figures as they use different data and exchanges. Actually, I noticed that as well. I was checking out multiple um, uh, 
exchanges. I guess data aggregators and yeah, exchanges. And I noticed that uh, that the, the prices were different by like almost three to four thousand dollars. I was like, wow, that's that's quite yeah. interesting. It's a big difference. Yeah, and that's that was what. How do I put this exactly? If you're fast enough, you can trade trade the difference. There's still going to be a cost. So it, some people say if there's not a huge difference, it may not be of of use to you know. But I mean that's something that's been going on for years. People are like, oh, the price of the euro versus the price of the dollar. I'll just trade the trade the difference, make money. Some people do. Mm-hmm. As Decrypt noted last November, as Bitcoin was pushing past previous much lower highs, Misari's record feature a caveat. The all-time high quote is not necessarily the absolute highest single trade price due to the nature of the historical data we analyze. We are not always able to look at every trade for the asset. For some assets, the all-time high quoted uh, may refer to the all-time high, all-time highest daily average or a price sample on the day of the all-time highs occurred. And Dorsey, who has a history of posting provocative yet confusing tweets, wasn't specifying. Besides, as a Bitcoin believer, he should know better. One Bitcoin is always worth one Bitcoin. Ah, nice. Absolutely. Exactly. That's what I said, yep. man. That's what I said. One Bitcoin's worth one Bitcoin. The question is, what is it worth to other people? <laughs> yeah. Oh, continuing on from Sandalutz. Ethereum Art Collective Pleasure Dow reveals as buyer uh, revealed as buyer of one of a kind Wu Tang album. Wu-Tang Clan's one-of-a-time, one-of-a-kind 2015 album, Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, has found a new home in the world of digital art. The album, first purchased by infamous pharma executive Martin Shkreli, uh, then repossessed by the U.S. government after Shkreli's conviction for securities fraud, oh darn, is yeah. now in the hands of NFT collect- investment collective Pleaser Dow. The group revealed itself this morning as the anonymous entity that purchased the album from the federal government in July at the hefty price tag of $4 million. Purchase fell in line with Dow's previous acquisitions. Pleaser Dow, a band of 70-odd NFT art collectors, first brought together in March by their shared admiration for the work and digital artist uh, People Pleaser, has since uh, focused on acquisitions and reflect values of transparency and anti-establishment activism. For instance, they bought Edward Snowden's NFT in April for $5.4 million. The Wu-Tang's album, which exists only as two hard copy CDs, was widely received as a protest against digitalization, digitization corrosive impact on musicians and their ability to control their own works. The DAO, which features among its ranks such luminaries as Pussy Riot founders member Nadia uh, uh, and now People Pleaser herself, wants to bring the album back to the people. Once upon a time at Shaolin, to achieve to, uh, <clears throat> its goal as protest art is intentionally wrapped in limiting legal restraints. It can't, it can't be commercially released until 2103. It can't be remixed or recorded, and it can't be played in front of large audiences, streamed, or even broadcast online. Pleaser Dow Chief Pleasing Officer James, uh, James Johnson told, or James Johnson told Rolling Stone that the group's priority is to bring the album back to the people. They plan on potentially curating listening parties 
across the world that would permit non-owners to hear the 31-track album while still honoring the extreme restrictions placed on the work. That an album originally created to protest the dangers of an increasingly digital world is now in the hands of pioneers on the front line of the NFT art world could be conceivably a point of tension. But Johnson doesn't see it that way at all. Of course he doesn't. He just spent $5.5 million on the thing. Their Wu-Tang kind of OG Dao, Johnson told Rolling Stone, they're bonded together to form a collective more powerful than any individual had on their own. Wu-Tang's mission is the very same as Blizzard Dow's. And Johnson believes that the broader crypto community can fuck these middlemen for taking all the money that should be going to the artist perfectly aligns with the ethos of crypto. He's probably right about that. You know, yeah, that's that's what happens when you're uh, undervalued at the beginning and you become desperate as an artist and just decide to sign the contract when you have suits approaching you saying, hey, you have a good taste in music. How about uh, we sponsor you? Just go ahead and sign your name on this dotted line and we'll give you, mm-hmm. you know, $2 million. Well, you know what, mm-hmm. dude? I live in the ghetto. Two millions would go a long way for me, my family, my kids, and my community. I would be mm-hmm. very happy and very thankful. Unbeknownst, I'm selling my soul to the suits, meaning I have no rights to my own work. That's that's a shame, oh. man. It's a shame. I was listening to uh, to Chappelle talk about that last night. Uh, he did the same exact thing when he had his show. And in fact, he's uh, this is going off on site tangent, by the way. Um, he was talking about the same thing, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if Chappelle does the same exact thing. Uh, what these guys are doing, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, this is this is the thing. ironically the Wayne's World story. Um, the the uh, what's his name? I can't remember the name of the actor who plays the the sleaze, the slime ball guy who buys the buys their show for what, ten grand. I think is what they actually pay Wayne and Garth. But you know, it's it's time and time again, it, over and over. It's, Hollywood's redone it so many different times and made money off of it. Made money off of the 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 weak guy um but i mean not to say that i'm the the wealthy person but i will give the executives only one caveat here they have the money and they have the ability to give you some of what you want maybe not control which is what you ultimately want they're taking you out of what you don't want to be in so it's like the one thing that I remember people, some people are screaming, screaming at other people, like, sell out, sell out. And it's like, yes, but would you not say, do the same thing? Depending on your situation, would you not do the same thing? Right. Would you not sign the contract? Would you say, no, my morals are more important? Most people would probably, sadly, sacrifice their morals for the money. Not everybody. Most people do a hundred-year contract, man. Who would have known? That sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on to the next article. On to the next one. Where are we at? Uh, written by Andrew Hayward. Why arcs Kathy Wood isn't buying into the Bitcoin's future at, uh, ETF. Oh, thank you, Kathy. You're the only person other than me that agree that this is a bunch of bull. Anyways, Ark, uh, uh, by the way, I, <laughs> I was trolling uh, uh, Dynamo Coins uh, YouTube channel say, talking about that same thing because they were uh, uh, just like everyone else right now in crypto is talking about Bitcoin's uh, futures ETF. And I'm like, dude, no, that's the stupidest thing. Why would you want to do that? I mean, that's wh- why are you going to pay a premium 
when you can literally spot trade on something like uh, Binance or Coinbase or Celsius, you know, and buy it for uh, uh, real-time prices instead of paying for an inflated price uh, on top of that. Like, for example, if you're buying the ETF off of uh, what, what exchanges you, I don't know, maybe Fidelity. I don't, I don't know where you get this uh, futures ETF. It's, it, it sounds stupid to you and I because we're so involved, but it's not stupid to people who don't get it. You know, I, I can't tell you the number of people who, even though after I give them a pretty simple explanation of crypto, still don't comprehend it. And that's what this is for. Futures ETF for Bitcoin is for people who do not comprehend Bitcoin and may never understand Bitcoin. They don't care. They know there's a value there. They just don't know how to get into it, and they don't want to think about it. So they're going to pay the premium so they don't have to think. Don't blame them for their stupidity. That's just them. What we need is a Bitcoin spot trade ETF. That's, we need to make... That's it, more it, realistic it, because the spot trading is pretty much what... Um, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. What, what Grayscale is doing, Grayscale is buying price. Well, it's OTC. They're buying OTC prices, but for for prices at the t uh, at at that time, uh, right? Later, it will reflect upon the market, upon the actual crypto economy, what that price is, because Grayscale is actually buying Bitcoin. Now, this know, futures what? this futures ETF is not buying crypto. All they're doing is just pegging uh, a number. And pretty much telling the people, hey, we got an IOU that's pegged to mm -hmm. Bitcoin. And we're going to pay you back in fiat. They never touch Bitcoin ever. That's stupid. Yep. yep. No, yeah. It's it's just it's the fact that this is the crossover between traditional finance and crypto. It's the start of what will inevitably be more ETF stuff and more more forays into traditional finance. Obviously, we, we already know there's plenty of traditional finance people buying up crypto. Yeah, but, well, obviously it did, holding, it did a good but, thing for the economy. Obviously, it's doing something. But keep in mind that this future ETF, it's not the people that are buying this future ETF that's forcing the market to go up. No, it's the nope. people that are in the Bitcoin economy that is buying more of it. Because, like you said, there's possibly predictions out in the future that there's going to be a better ETF coming out in the near future. There's a lot of them. We've, we've talked about this on a, on a previous podcast. Yep. There's like that 15 there's, or 20 of them. There's, there's so many of them, yeah. That there's gobs and gobs and gobs down the list that are just waiting to get approved. Anyways, Kathy Wood, here we go. ARK Invest CEO and Chief Investment Officer Kathy Wood is big on cryptocurrency investing in Bitcoin, as well as crypto-related stocks like Coinbase and the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. But ARK isn't buying into the newly launched U.S. Bitcoin's Futures ETF, not yet at least. The United States' first Bitcoin's Futures ETF, the ProShare Bitcoin Strategy ETF, began trading Tuesday and racked up nearly $1 billion in activity by the end of the first business day, including $280 million worth within the first half an hour of trading. A Bitcoin ETF, or exchange-traded fund, lets institutional and retail investors gain exposure to the leading cryptocurrency without actually buying and holding Bitcoin itself. Get slapped in the face for that. In this case, however, it's an ETF for Bitcoin futures rather than the actual coin, which means investors are buying shares that represent, slapped in the face again, represent contracts betting on the future price of Bitcoin. This is really upset. It's really triggering me. It really is. Uh, ask if ARK Invest in the ProShares Bitcoin Futures ETF at yesterday's uh, Milken Institute Global Conference would replied, uh, no. We did not. One of the reasons is we're looking at this very carefully. She added that there are some tax ramifications we'd like to understand more. 
having to do with uh, contango versus more normal backwardization. Exactly. That's slapped in the face again. She's she's smart. She's smart. Contango and normal backwardizations are terms used uh, used to refer to the movement of prices over time on the futures curve. As decrypts uh, Jeff Roberts wrote in the weekends uh, uh, in this weekends Roberts uh, on crypto columns, such concepts can make futures ETFs like this one especially complicated for the average retail investor as opposed to professional traders. Wood, of course, is a highly successful veteran investor, but even she and ARK aren't quite ready to dive into the ProShares ETF investment. Not yet, she concluded. ARK Invest has its own Bitcoin ETF play in the works. Back in July, the firm joined the long list of companies seeking SEC approval to launch a U.S. Bitcoin spot ETF. Applause. Which is yep. paid to the current price of the coin, whilst similarly allowing investors exposure without actually buying and taking custody of the cryptocurrency. Um, okay. No spot Bitcoin ETF has been approved in the United States. A second Bitcoin futures ETF, the Vanek Bitcoin Strategy ETF, is cleared to begin trading next week on the New York Stock Exchange. ARK Invest has also lent its name to yet another Bitcoin's future ETF that is currently in the works. Bitcoin hit its all-time high, uh, all-time high price this morning amid excitement around the futures ETF launches, uh, reaching a new uh, high above $67,276 per data from CoinGecko. Okay, that was tough to read because I was triggered at that whole article. I really was. I, I I don't normally get triggered with crypto stuff because it's all the same bull. I'm just like, okay, sure, whatever. It is what it is. I'm still going to hodl, but this really triggers me. It really does. Uh, but at least somebody like Kathy has her uh, head on their shoulders and is not going to bow down. And, and yeah, I was going to go too far with that. Yeah, not bow down and just, no, uh, yeah. Here's some booty. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I follow. Um, yeah, you're on board with, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not saying I'm going to buy any futures ETF stuff for, I, I wouldn't, that's like, I'm not even into Bitcoin fully, uh, even though I used to own some of it. It's not really my thing. Um, it's, I realize it's a store of value, but I don't care much about it. And I know that sounds strange for a crypto enthusiast, but it's just my opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the other ETFs that we're talking about, they're coming. This is just the first foray. You got to start somewhere. So this is this is what Gary wants, man. Gary wants people to pay more taxes, buy buy the fake Bitcoin. You'll never have the real stuff, but you know what? You're still gonna pay taxes, man. Uncle Sam wants their share. Yep, Uncle Sam always wants his share. That's correct. Moving on uh, to Android and Android <laughs> Andrew Asmikoff's Australian lawmakers want crypto framework that recognizes DAOs. Australian Senate. Senate, pardon me, the Australians. One more time. What? Australian Senate's Select Committee on Australia as Technology and Financial Center, ATFC, has today presented its final report outlining its recommendations for a clear regulatory framework for the digital assets sector in Australia. Is that not cyclical sounding to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The report it was, includes. Yeah, it was very extra wordy unnecessarily the report includes a 12 a total of 12 recommendations including the establishment of legal structures to recognize eaos or DAOs, based on advice from crypto firms and organizations including swiftx ripple r3 blockchain australia 
the authors of the document stressed that any future regulatory framework should be technology agnostic and should not explicitly or otherwise endorse any particular technology like pencils or paper or things like that. Anyways, in practical terms, this means that financial services using digital assets should not be treated differently from traditional financial services. And I don't believe that's a good idea, but yeah, they'll figure it out. We propose that the Australian government aligns digital asset regulations with requirements imposed on the same asset in the traditional form with a principle of, quote, same risk, same activity, same treatment. R3 proposal reads, creating doubts. Uh, one notable recommendation calls for the Australian government to establish a new structure for decentralized autonomous organizations that would be recognized by the Corporations Act. If you don't know what this is, it's because you don't live in Australia. A DAO is a, a well, you know what a DAO is. I'm not going to go into that. Some jurisdictions have already started to develop legal structures for DAOs, with Wyoming oh. becoming the first U.S. state to recognize DAOs as a legal entity in oh, July nice. 2021. Other key proposals in the report include the establishment of a new licensing regimes for crypto exchanges and, and custody providers, as well as a detailed token mapping exercise to classify digital assets in the best possible manner. I think that's not a bad thing there altogether. Additionally, the report highlights the need to ensure that current anti-money laundering or AML and counterterrorism financing, CTF, regulations do not undermine innovation and that capital gains tax, or CGD, regime be amended in such a way that digital asset transactions only generate the CGD event when they genuinely result in a clearly definable capital gain or loss. That is brilliant. I'm glad they're thinking about that. The report also recommends a company tax discount of 10% on crypto mining operations, yay, if miners source their own renewable energy for these activities, yay again, and the elimination of debanking or the practice of banks closing the accounts of businesses they perceive to be high risk. Also, another yay. Thank you, Australia. I might be moving my operations. Yeah. If approved, <laughs> this comprehensive crypto framework will drive investment of job and jobs into Australia, I just said, and ensure the country's leading roles in the digital asset space, Andrew Bragg, a Liberal Party senator and chair of the committee, said in a statement. Australia can be a leader in digital assets. This means Australians can access new choices and lower prices. It means Australians can have more control of their financial destiny rather than being dependent on the endless intermediation, said Bragg. He's not bragging. The authors of this report also <laughs> noted that uh, the above recommendations are becoming even more relevant considering that Australia is one uh, one of the world's most significant adopters of cryptocurrencies on a per capita basis. This report cites survey data showing that 17% of Australians currently own cryptocurrency with a further 13% of respondents planning to buy digital assets in the next 12 months. Nice. So yeah, go Australia. Cool. Yeah. That's a good article. See, that, 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 that balanced the last article. The other one was just, I was ready to break my laptop. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Let's go to the next one to see where we at. Uh, SEC clears Vanek to launch Bitcoin futures ETF next week. Written by Matthew DeSalvo. A new Bitcoin futures exchange traded fund ETF is set to start trading on Wall Street next week, according to a a Wednesday's SEC filing. New York-based asset management firm Vanek Bitcoin Strategy ETF will go live on the New York Stock Exchange after October 23rd. The filing said. 
Trading of Vanex ETF will begin as soon as practical, pra practicable uh, after the effective date, which likely means Monday, October 25th. The first Bitcoin-related ETF in the U.S. launched yesterday and was hugely popular. ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF traded $280 million worth of shares in 20 minutes by the end of the trading day. Nearly $1 billion had been traded. Vanex products will be the same type of ETF, one that gives investors exposure to the world's biggest cryptocurrency by allowing them to trade shares that represent contracts betting on the price of Bitcoin. Futures contracts are financial contracts uh, contracts the value of which it depends on or is derived from the underlying reference assets. The filing reads, in the case of Bitcoin futures, the underlying reference asset is Bitcoin. It added, Bitcoin and Bitcoin futures have historically been more volatile than traditional asset classes. You should be prepared to lose your entire investment. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do I need to read any more of that? No, let's read, let's read this last little paragraph here. While not a true Bitcoin ETF, investors are seemingly still interested in a futures ETF. These type of funds still provide investors with exposure to cryptocurrency without having to buy, sell, or store it themselves, which can be tricky for those not familiar with exchanges or wallets. The SEC is expected to approve another four Bitcoin futures ETF in the coming weeks. The Invesco Bitcoin Strategy ETF, Valkyrie Bitcoin Strategy ETF, uh, the Galaxy Bitcoin Strategy ETF, and Advisor Shares Managed Bitcoin ETF. Um, I'm kind of, I, 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 I'm curious. I want to look a little deeper into those uh, ETFs and see what's going on in them, because uh, I know I, there. I know that it's not just even though they have Bitcoin as a title, there's other cryptos like let's say for example it's like sixty percent Bitcoin and twenty percent uh, Ethereum and like ten percent Litecoin, ten percent uh, Dogecoin or whatever you know. Uh, yeah, like the strategy ones. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, yeah. Gary Gensler, keep it going, man. I think he's in a good mood. He's getting paid. Somebody, somebody must have uh, tipped him off. This is the uh, Bitcoin is preferred inflation hedge over gold. You know, this is this is this has been predicted for a while by Tim Hakey, Paul Tudor Jones. Bitcoin hedge fund manager Paul Tudor Jones thinks Bitcoin is winning the race against gold, according to interview on Wednesday with CNBC. Host Andrew Ross Sorkin reminded the billionaire American investor whose company controls close to $40 billion in assets under management that when he last appeared on the show back in June, Tudor Jones had called Bitcoin a hedge against inflation. Tudor Jones, sounds like a funny name, sorry, doubled down on his earlier comments today, replying Bitcoin would be a great hedge. Crypto would be a great inflation hedge. Sorkin turned, uh, then turned to Bitcoin's recent explosive prices performance asking, is it still a hedge at these prices? Listen, got a crypto, I've got crypto in single digits in my portfolio. <laughs> it's more than me. Uh, I have a small trading position at our fund. I do think we're moving into an increasingly digitized world, said Jones. Clearly there's a place for crypto and clearly it's winning the race against gold at this moment. So yes, I think it would be a very good inflation, inflation hedge. It would be my preferred one over gold at the moment. 
When Jones last locked horns with Sorkin on Squawk Box, the investor told CNBC he recommends a 5% position in Bitcoin, adding that he likes Bitcoin as a portfolio diversifier. Back then, the Tudor CIO uh, described his position as a defensive position for myself personally and my family that I don't even look at anymore. But he tempered his enthusiasm by adding his concerns about Bitcoin's mining carbon footprint. If I was king of the world, that's a terrible way to start a sentence, I'd ban Bitcoin mining just because of the environmental impact and then make the ecosystem figure out a way to do it without expanding the supply of it more anymore at all. What? Tudor James. Yeah, I know, it's dumb. Tudor Jones is one of the many executives at a large investment company who's who are now encouraging clients to diversify their portfolios with crypto. Surprise, surprise. No, it's the money. It's all about the money. I mean, he's a billionaire. Of course he's about the money. Back in January, Guggenheim CEO Scott Minard, uh, or is it Minard D? No. <laughs> Whose uh, firm stewards $325 billion, gave Bitcoin a $400,000 price projection and admitted that some of Guggenheim's private funds had already bought it. Rick Reeder, CIO of the world's largest asset manager, BlackRock, which controls over $9 trillion in assets as of June of this year, said in February that the company was starting to dabble in Bitcoin. By the end of the summer, SEC published a filing revealing that BlackRock had invested in two U.S.-based Bitcoin mining firms. Today, Bitcoin picked up its bull run, hitting an all-time high. Well, their number is wrong, but we know what it is, 67000 According to CoinGecko, the record comes hot on the heels of pro shares, yes, ETF futures, blah, 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 we know this. No wonder, then, that CIO like Paul Tudor Jones, Scott Minard, and uh, Rick Reeder are all watching eagle-eyed. They want more money because the assessment of one's value, and I don't mean monetary, but the assessment of one's value in the world, which can't be measured with dollars, is how many dollars do you have? Yep. All right. Let's see what is next. Next we have what Ethereum reclaims four thousand dollars for the first time since May. Uh, quick yep. little, just a quick little. Let me just not the whole thing, just a, a little, a little snippet. Ethereum, the world's second. Yeah, <laughs> Ethereum, the world's second largest cryptocurrency with market capitalization, has hit four thousand dollars for the first time since May fourteenth. Its current price <laughs> just is just over four thousand dollars, an increase of four percent in the past week. The latest bull run. Is the result of the second win for non-fungible tokens, DeFi protocols, and the United States' first Bitcoin's future ETF? Uh, let's go down to the bottom here. Ethereum-based NFTs, cryptographically unique tokens that can be used to prove ownership over digital content, has proved particularly popular with artists and creators. Big players are starting to take notice with auction house Sotheby's launching its own metaverse marketplace and 1.4 million users signing up for the crypto exchanges coinbase's nft platform in recent months nfts uh, have also taken on a social dimension which collections such as cryptopunks and board 8 yacht club forming the nucleus of new communities based around nfts just last month sotheby's auctioned a collection of cartoon 8 profiles picture nft called board 8 Board 8 Yacht Club for an easy $24 million. Yeah. Yep. Ethereum, it's up. <laughs> it is, yeah. All right. 
Next one. Continuing on. Bitcoin price hits new all-time high amid futures. Oh, we just time. I skipped this over. We already talked yes, about please. this three times. Bitcoin edges toward all-time high, lifting Coinbase Square and crypto stocks. I don't know if that needs to be read either, because it sounds like the same thing. Okay, let's go to the next one then. Uh, China pushes McDonald's to expand digital wand scheme before Olympics. Oh, that sounds like some real juicy stuff there okay, from Stephen okay. Graves. China, almost cringe at saying that word, has told fast food chain McDonald's to expand a trial of its digital wand payment system before the Beijing Winter Olympics kicks off, according to sources provided by the financial quoted by the Financial Times. The country's central bank digital currency, CBDC, known variously as the digital yuan, or ECNY, or ERMB, or ERENMB, <laughs> or the digital currency electronic payment system, is currently being trialed ahead of the full-scale launch planned to take place around the Beijing Winter Olympics in February of 2022. As part of the plot, the pilot just scheme, the digital, yes, it's coming up in you know, five months, digital yuan uh, wallets are currently being tested as a mean of payments at the 270 McDonald's stores in Shanghai. Now, according to the Financial Times sources, the Chinese government is urging the company to roll the payment system out more widely and is pressuring other retailers like Nike and Visa to follow suit. Both Nike and Visa declined to comment, while a McDonald's spokesperson stated that Shanghai is our pilot city and we will learn from customers' response there. According to a source close to China's financial regulators, the state-owned Bank of China, one of the sponsors of the Olympic Games, if that makes sense, I guess, of course. Is, behind, is behind efforts to get merchants in the Shanghai area to sign up for the Digital One program, but noted that they're free to refuse if they like... They're free to refuse if, if they don't mind their families being locked up in, in prison for, you know, the rest of their lives. Sure. First proposed in 2017, the digital one has been on trials since 2020 with the People's Bank of China, PBOC. It still sounds like Winnie the Pooh to me, I'm sorry. Airdropping millions of digital yuan to citizens by July 2021. Over 20 million digital yuan wallets had been set up. That's, that's an interesting way of doing it. With the country preparing for a full launch of the CBDC around 2022. We just said that part. It's currently being, it's currently one of the furthest advanced central bank digital currency projects in the world. CBDCs are similar to stablecoins being pegged to the fiat currency, but with the crucial distinction that they are backed by the states or, well, the government. They are also different from cryptocurrencies in that they aren't typically based on decentralized blockchain with the ledgers that record transactions being instead controlled by the central bank in question. Indeed, it's been argued that, uh, by some analysts that China's summer 2021 crackdown on Bitcoin was at least partially motivated by the desire to keep the decentralized rival to its digital yuan in check. Didn't I say that? Abroad, pardon? I did say that. I said that on, on yeah. a previous podcast. Uh, this is true. But they, were, they, they don't want competition, but that's been true of everything that China does. Right. Uh, abroad, the reaction to China's digital currency efforts has been mixed, and not surprisingly. In the U.S., a trio of senators have urged the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic uh, Committee to forbid American athletes from receiving or using digital yuan during the Beijing Olympics, citing its potential to be used to surveil Chinese citizens and visitors to the country. This sure. is also true. Absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, uh, proponents of the digital dollar have urged the U.S. to press ahead with its own CBDC to maintain the important role of the U.S. dollar in the global economy. Now, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, 
I, I'm actually for the U.S. going with a CBDC that is entirely dollar-based and not blockchain-based, because if they're going to do something central, you just stick to the central method and don't try to do it with with blockchain. Um, we already have a bunch of stable coins. I know it sounds I know it sounds weird, but I'm I'm trying to keep it separate because you know Bitcoin and Ethereum and all the other the the, the things that actually are crypto. They're going to take over regardless of what these dumbass things are doing. The CBDCs, it's it's not going to work. It's going to work for a while. It's going to be a thing. And I'm fine with that thing existing. Because we need a contrast so people can see how stupid it is. Okay, yeah. But, um, the, 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 my, but fear, the, my fear about the CBDC is that when it does come to fruition, and it will, is that hmm. by the time that the citizens of these nations around the globe realize what's going on, it might be too late to backtrack. One of yeah. the biggest issues, one of the biggest concerns that I have is that privacy is the new oil, right? Yeah. It, 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 who's getting more data? Is China getting more data from people? Is America getting more data from people? That's what it's about. And CBDC with data tracking, that's scary, dude. You know, you already have China doing uh, social crediting. You know, if you cross the road at a, if you cross the street, if you walk across the street at a red light, dude, you will be banned, forbidden from traveling out of the out of the nation. You won't be allowed. To you be can't caught. be. Yes, you can yeah. be. If someone reports you, that certainly can happen. And it, well, I've not, already seen articles well, of it happening. The, the thing so. is, it's not that somebody needs to report you. Is that their artificial intelligence is so advanced in China that there's so many cameras that you cannot. You don't have privacy in China anymore. The, there's eyes everywhere. All these cameras are everywhere. So if you do something illegal and it's captured by artificial artificial intelligence, uh, it's gonna it's gonna ding you automatically. Playing it identifies you. I was checking out this documentary about the advancement in China. It's super advanced. It's so crazy what this artificial intelligence does that you don't need people to manage it. Obviously, you got you you need you need the manpower to update their um, their servers, their server warehouses. But other than that, the artificial intelligence is so advanced that it, it sends these fines to people. It's so crazy. It's so crazy, yep. man. Yep. And CBDC, you, can, you can get out of it. You can get out of it. You can basically give up your money and over time build your credit back up again so that you can do But it is. The, the, the but, but police to, state. What I'm trying to get at. The police state once, that China has created is not good. <laughs> but once CBDC comes to fruition and people start migrating towards that, that's the fear that I have is that is it going to be too late to back out once you're too far down that rabbit hole? You know, does does I mean, the government have complete control over you? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, what's the best way of putting it? Um, having worked in multiple data centers in my time, I know exactly how much the government has access to the back end of, of the data of the, of the websites you access. So if you're posting anything at all, and I'm not saying you, John, but Listeners, if you're posting anything at all, particularly personal information, and you know you are, to things like Facebook, the government has that information. And I'm not just being a conspiracy, we're wacko. They have that information. I know they have that information because I worked in those companies before. Not Facebook explicitly, but other companies similar. So do they have the information? Yes, they do. Do they want more information? Of course they do. It's all about control. It's not about money. But it's, I mean, yes, it's partially about money, but... Um, yeah, for, for China, it's about controlling their population to the nth degree. The, literally to yeah, the nitty gritty and knowing every little thing about every single person so that they can literally control everything. I mean, I hate to say it, but 1984 was correct. Yep. 
data collection is the new gold. Yes, and yeah. it has been for it has been since Google started. It's right. not new. Right, right, so. right. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's 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 been massively ramped up as. That's as, why Facebook is free. That's yeah, why Google is free. Nothing in the world is free. Okay, I I, I I agree with what you're saying, but people need to realize that there's no such thing as free. Somebody's making money off of you. When when how much how much did uh Facebook go for when they once they went onto the market? I forgot. What, it was in the billions, right? It was in the billions. Oh. No. Where do they get that money for providing you free service? Hmm? That doesn't make sense, right? Hmm. Your data is is their gold, their digital gold. Yeah. Your data, because yeah. that's I mean that's we've I'm getting way off track, but I right, mean, basically, but... this is the point of why China is pushing McDonald's to expand its digital one thing before the Olympics because they know they can they know that they will get more than just their own citizens entrapped by the system. So stay away from CBDCs. Fear CBDCs. CBDC is the devil. Yes, I said it. All right, buy okay. crypto. Anyways, save uh, your money in your Do- in your digital mattress. Buy buy Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, that's a safer bet than CBDC. <laughs> All right, uh, Any Any Mocha Brands raises sixty five million dollars from Ubisoft. Other others for NFT gaming push. Written by Andrew Hayward. Animoca is that is that right? Animoca, Animoca brands could be one of the biggest winners, uh, winners of the Ryzen NFT market. Placing early bets on Dapper Labs, OpenSea, and Axie Infinity creator Sky Mavis before each firm saw surging success. Now Animoca has more than doubled its own valuation with a new funding round just months after the last one. Today, the Hong Kong-based Firm announced a new $65 million fund funding round that values it at $2.2 billion, a sharp increase from the $1 billion valuation when the company last raised money in July. Earlier this year, year Animoca pulled in $138.88 million across two funding tra- tranches from investors including Coinbase Ventures and Samsung. Why raise more money now? Yatsui executive... Why Yats- not? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yatsui, exe- executive chairman of Animoca Brands, told Decrypt that it wasn't about the money. The firm saw new. Uh, the firm saw additional interest from prospective investors who didn't realize Animoca was raising funds. He said, and Animoca saw an opportunity to forge alliances with major players in the traditional gaming space, such as Ubisoft and mobile publisher Com to uh, Com-, Com to Us. Uh, while it was a slight premium to our last valuation, it wasn't about the valuation. It was about bringing people in and forging new alliances with the right kind of parties, said Sui. I can definitely assure investors that we haven't spent it all yet, he added with a laugh. Out of all the major traditional video game publishers, Ubisoft is already by far the most active in crypto space. The Assassin's Creed and Just Dance publisher has supported an array of crypto gaming projects, including Axie Infinity and Nine Chronicles, as well as incubated startups in its Entrepreneur's Lab program, and launched its own experimental NFT projects. Investing in Animoca Brands, Sui said, sees the gaming giants going past the flirting stage and pulling the trigger for the first time. He said that Animoca will work with Ubisoft and come to us on future NFT-centric projects, and that he believes this will be the start of a more active investment from Ubisoft in the crypto space. Quote, 
I think this won't be their last investment, which is positive as well, because it means that they're now wanting to see more things and grow the space, said Sui. The powerful thing is that the, that is the signal to others' established players as well. They're going to go. Wait, Ubisoft is looking at this? Now I need to start t uh, taking this seriously. Exactly. Let's see. Let's scroll on down. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Okay, cool. There it is. Another Chinese firm making money for Motherland. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> CA launches TikTok YouTube campaign warning young people about crypto. Ooh. The UK's Financial Conduct Authority, that's what FCA stands for, has launched a TikTok and YouTube campaign to warn young people about the risks of investing in cryptocurrencies, per iNews. We want to create confident consumers. The campaign is about empowering young investors, not inhibiting them. That's good to hear. Executive Director of the FCA, Sarah Pritchard, reportedly said, I don't believe, pardon me, we don't believe that the actions of many of these new investors reflect what they describe as their tolerance to risk, Richard added. As part of the FCA's initiative, the regular, regulator surveyed young investors between 18 and 40, wow, 40 is young, okay, who have invested in high-risk assets. More than three-quarters of respondents, 76%, reported that their investment decisions were based on, on being competitive with friends or family. 60% of those invested in high-risk assets said that they want stable returns. Well, they did the wrong thing. We don't want to limit choice. We are just <laughs> asking investors to pause and consider. Are you prepared to lose all your money? If the answer is yes, then fine, Pritchard also said. This isn't the first time that the FCA has raised red flags about cryptocurrencies. As early as January of this year, the FCA was urging consumers to conduct appropriate due diligence before investing in cryptocurrencies. A consumer warn, uh, warning published in January 11th, 2021, listed five concerns about crypto. The concerns focus on price, volatility, a lack of consumer protection, product complexity, charges and fees, and misleading market materials. That's more than five things. Uh, Nikhil Rathi, FCA CEO, they have a CEO? I thought it was a government-run thing. Anyways, reiterated the regulators uh, stance on regulators stance on crypto last month saying that FCA has warned repeatedly investors in crypto products must be ready to lose all their money I, I think I've been preaching that for years the FCA has also taken aim at Binance one of the crypto industry's most well-known exchanges this summer FCA told Decrypt that it had a huge issue with Binance apparent lack of headquarters yeah we remember that one we read mm -hmm. that one and also said that a consumer warning issued against Binance Markets Limited, BML, or issued with warning rather, a UK-based Binance entity was based on AML or was based on AML concerns at the firm. Anyways, I, I'm not going to go to there's only one more paragraph, but the point is the FCA is basically saying, hey, uh, people that are investing and don't have any experience in this thing, you should probably be wary with your money and not throw it all into crypto because you know what, you could lose it all. But I think the thing that people are basically saying to the FCA is, yeah, but we could also win. I mean, I, I won't dismiss the fact that a lot of what I said on my channel, on my YouTube channel, was along these very lines. I reviewed what are called high yield investment programs or, or, or uh, hypes, and uh, they're all insane. None of them are real. No matter how much they say they are real, they're not real. 
and I would put small, small amounts of money in, like 10 bucks or $10, and watch it. If it stuck around and doubled my $10 to $20, I pull it out. But usually within the first month to three months, those high-yield investment programs could just disappear, just like some of these uh, DeFi projects are. And there was one that did stick around. It stuck around for almost 10 months, and then the rug was pulled. And I had so many people in March of 2020 were telling me I was an idiot for saying that this project was unreal and untrue. And I'm not saying they didn't make money on it. People definitely made money. I doubled my money on it too, and I put down several hundred dollars. But I took it out as soon as it doubled, and that took, I think, 20 weeks, doubled in 20 weeks. It was a little less than half a year. And I took it out, and I was like, I, I'm not staying there. And when it crashed, and I think it was in late November of 2020, I, I didn't, I did not say I told you so to anyone because I already said it. This is a lie. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. The point is, crypto is a thing and is a real thing. Yes, there, of course, there are uh, possible negatives that you could get yourself in trouble with. Yes, it's absolutely possible. Bitcoin, not thinking you're probably too worried about that. But the advice I always gave people on my channel was, as a rule of thumb, only play with 10% of the money that you, that you have as a total. So let's say you had a thousand dollars, only play with a hundred. Doesn't sound like a lot, and you're not going to make a lot, but you're also not going to lose a lot. You're only going to lose a hundred dollars, and you may not even lose a hundred dollars. You might just maybe that value will get cut in half, down to fifty. Okay, now you lost fifty bucks. That's not so bad. If you have five thousand, you know, only play with five hundred. Um, but don't go from the standpoint of I'm willing to lose sixty percent of all the money you have, because when you do lose sixty percent of all the money you have. You don't have very much money left. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, again and again and again and again and again, and I still saw people do it. It's like, all right, it's your money. I'm sorry. The thing that bugs me, and I'm, I'm not trying to make this this rant too long, is that in the United States, you're not allowed to be a big time investor at all unless you have a certain specific dollar amount to your name. That is, either you make I think two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, or you have seventy thousand dollars in cash to which you owe nothing. That is, you have no debt and you have $70,000 at least in cash sitting in a bank account somewhere. If you have that, then you can invest more than that 70. That's in, the 70 has to stay put. You can't invest it. You can invest more than that. Um, or if you, like I said, you make a quarter million dollars a year or more, then you can invest in large projects. But I don't appreciate. I know why they put that in place. I know why the U.S. government said accredited investor qualifies in this manner. I know why they did that. But I think the rules that they put in place, like the FCC, FCA is trying to do with this, are folly. I think they should just make recommendations like, oh, you can't borrow on margin unless you put this money aside, you know, and you don't need it for anything. Mm -hmm. Right? 10% people don't play with more than 10%. It's like going to the casino. Don't play with more than 10% of your, of your total value. Yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah, don't get greedy in crypto, man. Do not I mean, the best way I would always encourage people to do this. If you want to do this, invest in some mining equipment and go out there and mine this stuff. You know, mine it. And that way you're not, you, you have a sunk flat cost. You don't have to worry about your money go up and down. And if you make some money off of it, great. Or you can even sell that equipment when you're done with it. Or so, buy some stable coins and leave it on Celsius and earn a right. good. But none of this is financial advice. We're just trying to tell you what we've done. Right. You do your own research. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. You know, that reminded me of what you were talking about earlier, uh, your story. 
like BitConnect was one of those rug pulls, man. I know a lot of people that got that got suckered on that one. Screwed. Yep. Yep. They put all their money in and they lost all their money because yeah. it was always a ruse. If you only put 10% of your money into BitConnect, you only lost 10% of your money. Yep. And you protected yourself. I said that the concept that, that I think the better thing that would be for the government to do is just teach people how to invest and then let them go off and do it themselves. Sure. If you end up losing all your money, that's your damn fault. And I'm sorry that you're now in poverty because you you foolishly didn't follow the rules that we you know, created to help you survive. Listen to the people who are doing this. Don't invest. Don't, you know, it's like it's, it's the uh, um, free lunch concept. There's no <laughs> such thing. Right. As much as it sounds like it's real, there's no such thing. All right. All right. We got one more article for today, but Jake, do you mind uh, looking further back to see if there's any other good articles? I see one right below that from Celsius. I want to check that one out. If you can skim yeah. through that one while I read this one. All right. Uh, Andrew Asmukov wrote, short seller research firm offers $1 million bounty to uncover Tether's true backing. Hindenburg Research, a financial research firm focused on short selling and exposing fraud, has announced a reward of up to $1 million for exclusive details on the supposed reserves backing Tether, USDT, the world's largest stablecoin. The firm said that Hindenburg's Tether bounty program aims to uncover information leading to previously undisclosed details about Tether's backing as the disclosures around its holding have been opaque. Tether Limited, the issuer of the stablecoin, has historically claimed that each USDT is pegged at a one-to-one -one ratio to the US dollar, through critic, uh, though critics have repeatedly questioned this claim. Earlier this year, the firm revealed that as of March 2021, only 76% of its reserves were held in cash and cash equivalents, with the remainder of the, uh, of the reserves allocated to secured loans, bonds, and other investments, including Bitcoin. A subsequent uh, assurance reports uh, released in August indicated that a mere 10% of the stablecoin's backing comes from cash and bank deposits with, with nearly 50% of the reserves or more than $30 billion were held in commercial paper, a form of unsecured short-term debt issued by a corporation. We feel strongly that Tether should fully and thoroughly disclose its holding to the public, said Hindenburg Research founder Nathan uh, Anderson. In the absence of that disclosure, we offer a $1 million bounty to anyone who can provide us exclusive details on Tether's supposed reserves. This is not the first time that the stablecoin's backing has been questioned. The announcement of the Hindenburg's Tether bounty program comes hot on the heels of Tether's being slapped with a $41 million fine by the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CFTC, for, pro for providing untrue statements about its fiat-backed reserves. According to the regulators, for the for the majority of the period of between June 1st, 2016 to February 25th, 2019, Tether's cryptocurrency was not fully backed by the U.S. dollar, as the firm claimed. Further, the stablecoin provider didn't disclose that the fact that it included many non-fiat assets in its reserves. Crypto exchange Bitfinex, which is Tether's sister company, was also hit with a $1.5 million fine for allegedly letting American residents buy and sell Bitcoin and USDT without having registered with the CFTC. To add to the com uh, controversy, Alex Mashinsky, the CEO of crypto lending platform Celsius Network, recently alleged that Tether is now issuing its dollar-paid coins in exchange for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum, 
which, if true, violates the firm's own terms of service. Update October 20th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. A spokesperson for Tether sent decrypt this, uh, what? This, this, vo- uh, vo- vo- vociferous, vo- vo- vociferous, vociferous, I've never heard that word before, vociferous response to the Hindenburg bounty announcement. Quote, this stunt from Hindenburg Research is a pathetic bid for attention while others are making real change and building wealth and results, Tether said. They attempt to discredit not just Tether, but an entire movement. Thankfully, everyone sees through their opportunism as Bitcoin approaches another all-time high. This is not the first time Hindenburg Research has orchestrated an apparent scheme in pursuit of profit, nor will it be the last. Tether abhors and denounces their actions and transparent motives. Tether's history of always honoring our customers' needs while navigating developing regulations and industry norms shows our primary commitment to our stakeholders through through trust and innovation. Tether is a trailblazer, a special breed in business, and we have big visions for the future. Like those that came before us and those who will come after, we are scrutinized more than others and especially our peers and competitors. But we understand our role and responsibility and will continue to focus on our customers' requirements and defending the crypto markets. Wow. Holy mackerel. I wonder who wrote that. <laughs> that's a that's a that's interesting, man. There's they're spitting fire now. I'm gonna go through <clears throat> this uh, Bitcoin lender Celsius thing. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so by uh, Jeff Benson. This is not from today, but yesterday. Bitcoin lender Celsius denies receiving seats and desist from New York Attorney General. Celsius has denied receiving a cease and desist letter from the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, a day after James directed two unmanned crypto lenders to two unmanned crypto lenders Uh, to stop operating. Unnamed, unnamed, sorry. Thank you. It's not unmanned. Unnamed uh, operating from in the Empire State within 10 days as requested three more to provide information by November 1st. Celsius has received a request for information and not a cease and desist from the New York authorities, it wrote in its Medium blog today. In a press release yesterday, the New York Attorney General office took aim at crypto companies and have not, or rather, that have not registered securities offerings under New York's Martin Act. The press release was accompanied by a by two cease and desist letters, which identifying information about the companies redacted. However, the NYAG has named the files Nexo letter and Celsius letter, strongly suggesting that these two were the crypto lenders being asked to shut down. Celsius competitor Nexo yesterday confirmed receiving the order, but called it a mix-up. Nexo is not offering its earned product and exchange in New York. It also makes little sense to receiving a cease and desist order for something we're not offering in New York anyway, the spokesperson said. It vowed to engage with the NYAG and seek clarity. Celsius is fresh off the $400 million funding round after being valued at more than $3 billion. This, despite cease and desist or 
show cause orders from the state securities regulators in Alabama, Kentucky, New Jersey, and Texas, all of whom have targeted crypto lender BlockFi. The startup, which uses the slogan, unbank yourself, yes, they do, also <laughs> allows people to earn interest on the cryptocurrency they hold, and not just a small amount. It advertises up to 17% annual return through the rates, uh, though the rates and uh, varying depending on the asset. In addition to mainstays such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, users can also deposit the native Celsius token, stable coins, and a slew of other crypto assets. Celsius then lends those coins out and gives depositors a cut of the action. Yield products such as these are classified are classically classified as securities both at the federal and state level, as James alluded to in her statement. Though that doesn't mean that companies will go these companies will go down without a fight. Coinbase, which was planning to planning its own lend product, suggested it would be willing to go to court if necessary after the Securities and Exchange Commission poorly threatened a lawsuit. Coinbase ultimately dropped the product. According to the NYAG letter, a letter requesting information, the office wants to know how uh, no company information, including legal names, subsidiaries, and headquarters. It also wants product descriptions and explanations of how the digital assets are custodied, pooled, and loaned out. Celsius said, we are now working on providing regulators in New York with information about our businesses on offering. It added, we expect additional U.S. states to reach out to Celsius requesting this information. You, you know what's stupid about this is that you can literally go to the website right now. I can show you guys. I can go to the website right now. I'm not going to do that because we've been on for over an hour. But uh, it's all transparent. The records that they that they filed are there. They're, pu they're publicly. You can go to the website right now and check that out. You can see the names, the subsidiaries, and the headquarters. The address, everything's there. It's all there. What the hell? Dude, go to the website. It's there. It's transparent. That's what I love about Celsius. It's all transparent. Slap yourself. It's unfortunate. Anyways. Let's see if there's anything it's else. Just, it's, just, it's just like the... Uh... SEC being a strong arm, strong arming these companies into getting into line when they, I mean, to some degree, they're not going to ever get be able to get into line because of what the nature of the, of, uh, you know, cryptocurrency is. But at the same time, uh, it, it's, it's kind of the first step. You know, the government's kind of like, hey, uh, stop effing around. We just need you guys to do the right thing. And the companies are like, we are doing the right thing. And they're like, okay, you know, next step. We'll see what the next step happens. It's probably going to be re regulation of some sort. But the companies are kind of like, this This is the growing pains of the new currency. The new currency does not subscribe to the traditional financial methods. And even though I, I believe that uh, Elizabeth Warren has a noble cause at the head of what she's trying to do and, and protect people from themselves, I still don't agree with her, ultimately, uh, unless she's, it literally is just for protection. Like, oh, we need to protect people. We should just inform them. Let them know. Mm -hmm. This is what this thing is. And then people will be less inclined to be stupid. But there's lots of things that cause people to be stupid, and we haven't stopped those things. We tried in the 1930s to get people to stop drinking. What happened there? So. There's mm -hmm. another article I want to read here. Um that we haven't read in a long time. 
because there hasn't been really a, a fresh update. But there's a couple articles here about the Facebook's uh, uh, crypto wallet, the Novi wallet. Um, there's two of them. I don't know which one to read. Facebook turns to Coinbase, packs up for Novi crypto wallet, or the uh, uh, let's see, where's it at? Um, or uh, where's it at? Where'd it go? Was that it? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Just, Elizabeth Warren urges Zuckerberg to halt Facebook's crypto wallet, Novi. Maybe I should read this one. Okay. Written by uh, Sander Lutz. Elizabeth Warren urges Zuckerberg to halt Facebook's crypto wallet, Novi. Hours after Facebook went live this morning with its digital wallet, Novi, Senator Elizabeth Warren and four other senators from her party sent a warning shot at the company's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, demanding that he immediately discontinue the program. Novi launched a pilot this morning in the U.S. and Guatemala, allowing users to buy and trade Paxos dollars, USDP, instantly with no fees. Coinbase is providing Novi with crypto custody services and will hold all funds involved with the program. Notably, Novi does not incorporate Facebook's own long-anticipated cryptocurrency, DM. This does not appear to have uh, mollified the groups of senators who also include Brian Sh uh, Sh Sh Schatz, uh, Sherrod Brown, Richard uh, Bl Blumenthal, and Tina Smith. Facebook cannot be trusted to manage a payment system or digital currency when its existing ability to manage risk and keep customers safe has proven uh, wholly ins insufficient, they stated in the letter. I, I agree. Facebook's journey to launching a wallet and stablecoin has been fraught. A series of blistering 2019 congressional hearings all but halted the project, which was originally called the Libra. Eventually, a slew of key partners dropped out of the Libra Association. Libra changed its name to Diem, and Facebook's wallet, Calibra, changed its name to Novi. But Facebook made clear this morning that today's launch of Novi is a key first step on the path to Diem's rollout. We intend to migrate Novi to the DM payment network once it receives regulatory approval. Whether 2021 will provide a more favorable climate for Facebook's crypto ambitions is another question. The 2019 Libra hearing came in the aftermath of Facebook's disastrous Cambridge Analytica scandal. Today's blistering uh, ad, uh, ad, 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 admonition. Admonition was likely informed by the bombshell testimony of Facebook's whistleblower Francis uh, Hoogan before the Senate uh, Commerce Committee just weeks ago. The senator demanded that Facebook's both abandon Novi immediately and scrap any future plans to release Diem. Time and again, they wrote, Facebook has made conscious business decisions to continue with actions that have harmed its users and the broader society. You know, um... I, I kind of I, I don't want Facebook to do this either, man. I really don't. I, I I like decentralization, I like crypto, I'm totally for it. But Facebook just has bad luck at at taking care of, of, of users data. It's it is what it is, man. And yeah. and doing that with with finance, like no. No, no, no. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, they, they did technically have a Facebook coin. I think they, they still do to some degree. You know, it's internal and it, it exchanges U.S. dollars or whatever the local coin is that you're using for their internal coin. So it's not really that weird. The difference here is that coin was only for playing games. 
this coin is supposedly for everything. It's for real world and, use. Yeah, for real world use. And so I can I can kind of see the rejection of it. U.S. government's going to have a problem because it's a U.S. company. I'm not so sure that all the other governments are going to be super happy about Facebook doing it because Facebook has so much, but such a high level of control over the world. And that's the reason that you know Europe was so upset with Google. They're like, you have too much too much power here, and Google's like, true. But did you ever notice the fact that we're not making anybody use this service? It's the same thing that Mark Zuckerberg is basically saying here too. It's like, look, nobody has to use Facebook. And a lot of people are like, well, the reason I have a Facebook account is because I kind of have to to keep in touch with my my friends and family. Yeah, that was your choice. And I, with that perspective, I agree. It's I not something they they forced you to take. It's not something you have to take. It's something, and honestly, you should probably stop taking. Um, but it's a service, a functional thing that is not. You, if you, there's no mandate. Not like you know, having if you drive a car, you have to have a driver's license in most places in the world. You don't have to use Facebook. There's yep. no mandate for you to use it. But because so many people do, that's where the government's kind of like, eh, you know. So. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have a TikTok. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have. But you have a Twitter. But the Twitter, it's not technically like. For me, it's for C3 Media, so there you go. How about that? How about them apples? Uh, mm, okay, you're right. Yeah. So yeah I I'll give you that. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not for real. It's not for personal use. Um, yeah, and I don't even use Google. As you can see right here, I am using Brave. And I personally do recommend Brave. It's not been perfect. Uh, they've had their own issues in, in the past, but uh, I think they've learned from that and moved forward. I believe it was uh, Naomi Rockwell who said, "Even if you don't, <clears throat> even if you don't use Google and Facebook, you still use Google and Facebook." That's because their hands are in everything. Yeah, and there's not really I think any way of avoiding actually, that. as a matter of fact, um, what's what's that other uh, um, Google alternative? No, not the Google alternative. Not not the, Chromium. 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 Oh Chromium. yes, but that's still, that's, that's made by Google though. Right. Right. Exactly. I was going to say that. So. Brave is basically a copy of Chromium. They're, they're using Chromium on the back end. And that's why people are able to use a plugin so easily on, on Brave. So, yeah, I, I understand that point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's based off of the open source version of Chrome. Yep. So. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up, man. We're about almost an hour and a half in. It's, uh, let me... In, in the tail, the plug here at the tail. <laughs> sure, go ahead. If you... Uh... I shouldn't actually have to say this out loud, but at this point, how many of our listeners are you guys still here? Good. Okay, cool. Well, if you are still here, can you please like and subscribe? We really appreciate it. that. Helps us with our with the YouTube algorithm, which is owned by Google. Didn't know that already. <laughs> Hit the notification bell. We do post every Wednesday and Sunday. We also have our interviews every Thursdays, so there will be one tomorrow. Check us out on Discord. Hit the link. Come and join us. And if you would like to support us, please support us using Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, or Basic Attention Token. All links in the description below. Back to you, John. All right. With that said, Cryptonauts, until next time, stack sats and hodl. Adios. <laughs>